You're listening to the Coop Homeschool Podcast. This is your podcast for community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling. Hi, I'm Mandy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The The Coop. Coop. So, we are talking about summer reading today. Woohoo! Yeah, we're talking about summer reading for ourselves. Yeah, feed my soul. Yeah. So, we're going to talk a little bit about the books we have already read, and then a couple more that we have, and then at the very end, we're going to let you know something that we're going to be um, asking you to join us in. Fun. So, before we do that, let's jump into uh, the scoop on the coop. Ooh, yeah, well, this is got? a mutual scoop on the coop, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot already. We launched the... Homeschool Hub! Yep. We uh, created this whole page because, um, you know, we, we already told you in our introduction about why we created this homes, uh, the Coop Homeschool and sort of what our mission is. And then with the whole um, coronavirus thing and the quarantine and people trying to school at home, we really felt called to be a resource for people and to be helpful. And then even as we launched our blog and then we started figuring out kind of where we wanted this to go, Mm -hmm. we even realized people are still asking the same questions. They're having a hard time figuring out, what do I do? How do I start homeschooling? Where do I look? What's required of me? You know, all those really basic questions. And so we really wanted to become a hub. Um, Mandy said that one to me in a message. And I was like, hub, that's it. It's perfect. It's perfect. If I do say so myself. Yes. So we created the Homeschool Hub um, to be a source of centralized information. Um, But we have it set up really nicely so that it's spread out. It's got lots of space. It's not too word intensive. We created the sections. You know, it starts off with getting started like what do you do first what where do you enroll what does that mean Mm -hmm. you know and so we just break that down for you in a couple of bullet points and then we give you the resources if you really need more information go here you know and and you can plug right in and then we even have a couple of pdfs that you can pop up so we have Mm -hmm. spreadsheets for you and we have um like one sheet information especially if you're here in california where the coop is located and we have lots of extra information for californians because it's what we already know So it's really easy for us to compile that for you. And then for the other states, we have that kind of in spreadsheets along with um, links to the Department of Education for each state, all that kind of thing. And um, Jesse, I know you spent probably 100 hours on this. A lot. (laughs) And but the it sounds like a lot with the spreadsheets and everything. Right. But what it does is it actually decreases the overwhelm it does yeah and so we talked about in our overwhelm episode how it is so overwhelming to get started yes you don't know where to begin and with the homeschool hub it actually takes that away even though we're hearing all this information is there it's one place to go where that information is and you're not like wait what about do they need vaccines right if i want to be in a public homeschool chart right or what do i do if my state um doesn't allow like quote unquote homeschooling. Right. You tell them well, you file this piece of paper. Right. Call this. You right. know and yeah. and you go into those details for each state and I think that's really helpful because then you can just look at your state. Exactly. So the hub is really easy to just scroll whether it's on your phone or on your computer. You're just scrolling. You can look at the headlines. You can jump to the sections that are applicable to you and then there is deeper dives. So we wanted to keep everything on the surface really simple. Not 
information that's hidden behind paragraph after paragraph of small type because that's never helpful. I know when I go to a website like that and I see that, I'm like, I'm never going to find what I want. Yeah, I'm out. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to ask somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be those people answering the questions. So everything is there for you to go through. We even have a glossary. Oh, I, wonder, I, I was yeah. going to mention that. What I love about that is homeschooling has its own set of words. Yes. And even though I went to school in education, got a credential in education, and when I entered homeschooling, most of those terms I have never heard of. Yep. So it's a whole different facet of education. So to have a glossary, it yes. just helps you navigate this world, this whole new world. Exactly. So if you're not watching on YouTube and can't read it in our uh, About Us section, um, you can get to the Homeschool Hub at our website. It is thecooponeschool.com backslash homeschoolhub. Yeah, and you're, yeah. you're going to love it. Yep, it's going to be great. Share it with people who are considering homeschooling and are feeling like they don't know where to start. And then within the Homeschool Hub, we link to some of our amazing how-to blogs, how to start homeschooling, you know, what does homeschooling look like, all that stuff. Um, we even have one coming out tomorrow about creating community. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, cool. that's going to be its own podcast too. Yeah. But um, if you just are, are trying to figure out who am I going to hang out with now that my community is changing and mm -hmm. homeschooling. So that's our plug for our homeschool hub. Yeah. And that was a great scoop, Jesse. Oh, thanks. All right. So uh, we're talking today about books we're reading. Yes. Our books we've read. So I'm going to pull up the book I quote all the time as yes. the one that I have read and love and model so many things after. Mm -hmm. And it includes things like poetry tea time and just how to find the magic in your home and your homeschooling and how to actually like also survey your kids and find out what's magical to them. And it's called The Brave Learner, Finding Everyday Magic in Homeschool, Learning and Life by Julie Bogart. And uh, this is a, a definitely a good read, um, super creative. And I think it's a really great, almost like a, it's not a textbook, but it's like a textbook for uh kind of new homeschoolers and showing you the gamut of what you could do right. and the creativity of what you can do in that you don't have to replicate the classroom in your home. Right. And instead it shows you so many alternatives. Can you show them your... I ha I, I definitely, I don't know if you can see it, but yeah. I underline as I read, I take notes and sections. I love looking at her I books, use clouds. Yeah. Um, so that way I can go, oh, I even have a yes with my, my wrong arm because I broke my... Oh, that was when your wrist was broken. My wrist, yeah. I shattered it ice skating. So... Um, so even with my wrong hand, I'm marking up my books. I and so um, the, the Brave Learner, and, and that's um, the one that I've read that I highly recommend to every person yeah. I meet. And Julie Bogart's actually quite fascinating. She even has curriculum that a lot of people use oh, right. in their right. homeschool. She is the creator of The Brave Writer. So mm -hmm. you um, know that curriculum but haven't read her book. It's a great opportunity to get to know her and a little bit about her philosophies behind creating the Brave Writer. Oh yeah, I need, I need to I need to look at the Brave Writer. I know our kids are about that age, oh, getting totally. ready to enter yeah. programs. That'd be like fun that. to do it together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's Done. do it. I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> All right. So the book that I've already read that I wanted to share. Oh my is, goodness. It's one that I it's her favorite. I in love the world. this one and I talk about it all the time. And this is can we see it? Okay. Oh, too close. Okay. Jordan oh. Peterson, Twelve Rules, Twelve Rules for Life, an antidote to chaos. Um, so 
I really love Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist and psychology professor. And now that he's not teaching, he actually is writing books. He has another one that was um, really good. It's a little bit more of a memoir, um, but it was really dense. And so at the time I picked it up, I was like, I don't think this is the right time. Uh, yeah. You know, this one is great because you can literally just pick up one of the rules. Rule one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. Oh, good idea. And he calls it things like that because it's really tangible. Oh, there we go. It's really tangible and helpful. And um, this one is lobsters in their territory. And it was actually quite interesting because as a psychologist, he understood or he learned throughout his training that lobsters share a lot of chemical similarities um, in their brains and bodies as humans. Oh, yeah, and we so, eat them? Well, you yeah, know, uh, the responses are very similar. Oh, and so, it, yeah, it's quite interesting. And so um, I won't give a lot away, but it's just we've learned a lot about our human nature, even through studying lobsters. And so, you know, I know it can be controversial about using animals in science, but it has offered up a lot of opportunity. Don't read any to psychology learn. then. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It is. Um, and then what I really loved. Oh, see, this is the one. Okay. Rule five. Don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Oh. So the phrasing That's really good. can sound a little strange at first, but don't we all agree with that? Well, I was just telling you today when one of my kids was, we were playing a card game and she <laughs> threw the card in the discard pile. I was like, nobody's going to play cards with you if you do that. Right. Like, don't do that. Right. That's not fun for us. Exactly. Why would we raise kids to be someone that, that we dislike? And that doesn't mean you know, just people that annoy us because we don't get along with every personality right. type. You know what I mean? There's definitely some people that are awesome people that I'm just not going to want to spend right. all my time with, but that's different than disliking. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So he really goes into that and he talks a lot about, you know, raising children and, you know, kind of where to be firm and where to, to, to give in with them a little bit. And it's not a, um, a parenting book explicitly, but every rule kind of fed me that. And so I think that it's just in general, a self-help kind of book. And so I just took a lot away as being a parent. Well, I think we um, both love psychology. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, um, what I find very interesting about this book that she says, yeah. she says she's read quote unquote, <laughs> there's not a single word underlined oh, in that book. That's because I listened to it. I did oh, audio. Yes. Oh, because okay. Dr. I'm like, you didn't read it. No, it's not underlined. I know. Uh, Dr. Peterson, he actually narrates it. Oh, so yeah. the audiobook, yeah. I get to hear him speak, oh, which so I awesome. really love. And so then, I'm not going to um, borrow yeah. that book. I need to just buy my own. Because I was about to say, can I borrow that book? And I'm like, right. wait, then I can't yeah. underline. Yeah, see, and well, and mine is pristine, it's but beautiful. my homework this summer is to actually go back in it and pull out my favorite parts from the oh, audio. Because cool. I have it all bookmarked Oh, the anecdote to chaos. What a cool... Yeah. Yeah. I could totally think on that for a, for a bit. Oh, it's... It's really incredible. So that's the one I've already read. I love it. All right. So now I'm going to the one that I started a couple months ago called Quiet. And it's by Susan Cain. Quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. Love so it. if you know me, I'm a bit much to take in a room. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm quite the loud talker. I'm quite the constant talker. And if nobody's talking, I make sure I get in there. So I don't make friends with everybody. Right. Although everybody has more fun when I'm there, I have to it's say. It's true. No. <laughs> but um, no, so since I have a number of introverts in my life, mm -hmm. and one of my children, I can tell, is yes. an introvert. My spouse mm -hmm. is an introvert. Yes. I have other family members who are introverts. 
I was recommended this book to read with another friend. And so I haven't um, been, it's a super dense book. So there's a ton of underlining, but a ton of reading to do just to get even through one chapter. Right. But what I love about it is it right now, well, I just read the chapter on the history of how the, the introvert ideal, it used to be America all on across the world had the introvert ideal, especially in the, like the 1800s. And then right. uh, Carnegie comes around. So early 1900s, it switches over to like a salesman personality. And that's the extrovert fascinating. ideal. Yeah. So that was really interesting to see like, oh, and so it, um, what happens then is the in introverts get uh, undervalued. Hmm. And, oh, I love on the back. I'm just going to read it. It is to introverts, Rosa Parks, um, Chopin, Dr. Seuss, uh, that we owe many of the great contributions to society. And there's so, you know, it just takes one Rosa Parks. Right. So, and she, if she's the, an introvert, like, wow, what an impact, right. what contributions introverts can make to the world. And extreme extroverts like myself, a lot of times we dismiss it or we say, you're not challenging yourself or you're not putting yourself out there or you're not participating. Right. And so we, um, I want to learn to value the introverts in my life because some of those people are my top number. Right one people right to love and show love to right. and that's really fascinating you know a world that can't stop talking and you know that's kind of similar to the language that i often use that there's a lot of noise around certain topics and you know there's just a lot of noise and sometimes it's hard to find a voice you know that like a powerful introvert because there's just so much talking and people have a hard time being able to take a step back and really listen. Yeah, and she yeah, and she points out there's like a lot of misrepresentation too. Mm -hmm. Like there can be the shy extrovert. Yeah. And there can be the outgoing introvert. So she yeah. talks about that spectrum where people are just assumed to be an introvert because yeah. they they do like to observe as well. But that's not where they get their energy right. from being, you know, quiet. Right. So um so yeah, so that's when I'm still working through, but since it's so dense, it, it is taking me a long time. You I take tend, a little Look break. how thick that is. What is yeah. that, two inches? I tend to love the one-inchers and yeah. the half-inchers. Yes, So when, a good one. when this came in the mail, I was like, oh! I was like blown yeah. backwards, like, oh my so word. that's when you rent or you borrow the audio version yeah. from the library. That's and a great idea. And then when you idea. hear something you like, then you can go underline it. Oh, yes. Yeah, Into moms. So you yeah. do both. You okay. do both. Yeah, I love my physical books, but I just know I, I have a hard time reading a physical book yeah. with a two-year-old in my home right now. Right. And um, But I do a much better job. I've got the little Bluetooth um, mm -hmm. earbuds, and so I just put one in, so I'm still listening to the kids, but while I'm cooking dinner, doing laundry, doing the dishes... Anything driving in the car now because my daughter's listening to her own audiobook oh, right. at this point yeah. in our lives. Mm -hmm. So those little earbud Bluetooths, mamas, I'm telling you, if you don't think you can read, try that because well, you're not tuning out the world, but you're able to rent a book or from the library. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go ahead and do an Audible account, you know you can start collecting your audiobooks. But and what I also love about that is that you say you can still have the book because yes. when I was in a book club and I would do some audiobooks, I was not. When I wanted to underline, I couldn't. Yes. And so then I kept a journal and then, I, and then I'd be like, okay, I have to remember it's at 22 minutes right. of chapter five or yeah. whatever. Most have and a bookmark I, option. So oh. I can, yeah, so that's what I did with my um, 12 Rules for Life book. When I was listening to the audio, I would bookmark it. 
And then I could go back and then I could underline, you know, like what he said. Or well, write who it down. knew? Yeah. So, tool for you. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, because all a lot of these books you can find um, through the library. There's a long wait list for a break. Uh, what is this one? The Brave Learner. The Brave Learner, because uh, I'm on the wait list right now. So I have my physical copy at oh, home, yeah. and it's beautiful and clean and hasn't been touched. Yeah. Um, but I'm waiting for the audio to be That's available. That's genius, so. Jesse. It's genius. Well, I was desperate to finally start reading again. I felt like I was in this zone of not being able to read because I had my, my son two and a half years yeah. ago, and I was like, I'm never going to read a book. You know, and then I came around to reading on my iPhone, which I don't love, but that was doable, and then I realized the audio is really where it's at. Yeah. Well, especially when you're putting them to bed at night. I remember sitting there nursing, because yeah. I always nursed my kids to sleep, yeah. and um, whether that's okay or not okay, I didn't care. Yeah. Right. And I would always watch Ellen yes. and drink my Izzy and have my Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> so funny. So yes. instead, it would have been awesome if I, if I could have just been yeah. um, having a Bluetooth in my ear yeah. and even just closing my eyes and just really being present yeah. in the nursing and the cuddling. Right. So I did a lot awesome. of that with, with my oldest, um, you know, watching the TV shows and all that stuff with my first. And then with my second, there was just no way to do that. There right. was no space to be in where... We could be comfortable and I could watch something. So it just became books and um, it worked out really well once I did this, and especially with the library because then I didn't have to buy both the audio and a physical book. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of things, I don't even buy the physical book. But for these kind of self-help, you know, valuable homeschool books, I, I want to have them yeah. be part of my, you know, collection and I mm -hmm. can hand them out to a friend to borrow or have my husband peruse. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, you yeah, want to, you, yeah. oh. Oh, Go genius, ahead, Mandy. genius, yes. if I do say so. No, um, so it's really great when your husband can be on the same page and um, and they can't get on the same page if you're doing all the reading for right. homeschooling or you're yes. doing all the reading for parenting or teaching how to budget or, or even just budgeting yourself. So if you're doing all the reading, then when you go to talk with your partner in life about it and they want to engage, you're like, wait, I've already done 300 pages right. of this. Like, I'm not now going to sit for three hours and rehash 300 pages to you. Just read the book. And it's like, well, I don't want to read the book. So after a number of um, arguments about that, um, because both my husband and I love to debate. Yes. Um, so after a number of discussions about that, um, I came up with the idea as since I underline anyways. Right. Why don't you just read the book, just my underlines. Right. And yes, some pages I do underline the whole page. Right. Because you found it's all amazing. of it valuable. Yeah. Right. And then what, what if you just take my book and you just read the underlines and if you need more of the argument or you need more explanation or you want to engage about that first, then go deeper and read the part, the sections I didn't underline regarding that topic. Right. And then it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to discuss and come up with a plan or come up with problem solving strategies or come up with a budget or whatever it is. And they only take 20 minutes to do. You just sit there, you peru he peruses it, 20 minutes he's done, he says, on board. So um, I think we started that with uh, either Ben Sass's The Va Vanishing American Adult or Paul Tripp's uh, Parenting Book. Right. Yes. So it's one of those two books that we got into more of a heated discussion about it. And I was like, ah, here. Just read my read underlines. Yeah. yeah. There you so go. Funny. So, um, okay. Your so, turn. Yes. This is the next one I'm in the middle of, which is, I mentioned this on the last episode. I can't say. There it is. 
Free to Learn by Dr. Peter Gray. Why unleashing the instinct to play will make our children happier, more self-reliant, and better students for life. So he actually is um, a psychology professor who literally wrote the book psychology for uh, universities. So oh, cool. the textbook. What's his last name? Uh, Gray. Oh yeah, So Gray. Dr. Peter mm -hmm. Gray. Um, so he ended up incidentally realizing an unschool philosophy. Mm. So he and his wife are, you know, very smart people, well-educated and had their son in um, traditional public school and his son was miserable. And then mm. that turned into acting out in multiple different ways and um, it resulted in a big conference when he was eight years old. Mm. And he told a whole room full of adult, adults to go to hell. <gasps> oh my god. An eight-year-old boy. Or maybe he was nine. He was he really was struggling. He was really struggling and he wasn't being heard. Aww. And when his dad heard that, it changed everything. That yeah. was the moment that changed his life. And he was like, I'm, I'm not serving my son. This is not acceptable. What do I do? So pulled him out of school. And then... Um, Basically, what Dr. Peter Gray is teaching in this book is to um, entrust children to steer their own learning and development, which I think is really fa fabulous and fascinating. Um, he also talks about free play, and he believes that it's the primary, primary way that children learn to control their lives. They learn problem solving, they learn to work with peers, and they learn resiliency through free play. I love all that. Those mm -hmm. are all life skills. Yeah. And it's for the lifelong learner too. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he does definitely have his own opinion and he, uh, he calls schools curiosity killing institutions. Oh my word. Now I know we don't all feel exactly that way, but I do think that it's interesting to be able to, um, to take a look, you know, and see what it is that we're offering our children as homeschoolers, what we're able to make them curious about and how we can feed their curiosities and you know um so i try not to to take too strong a point on that but i do appreciate what he says well i do remember if i do dive into this a little bit right um i did teach traditional school for a couple of years and i remember wondering why a large majority of the kids did not ever want to learn anything now I get not wanting to learn things that are tedious. Right. But it's just like they didn't want to do learn anything. There was no curiosity at all. Right. So I remember saying to another teacher, I wish we could figure out what happened. Because in kindergarten, pretty much everybody loves kindergarten. Right. So what happened between kindergarten and seventh grade? What happened to these kids? Right. And and how, how can we figure that out? And the ones who do want to learn, how can we bottle that? Right and share it right now and, and and this other teacher i was talking to about it she was like that's the question right like, we all have that question right. yeah i think it a lot you know if i do say so myself i think it comes down to what we're curious about you know i think you and i were just naturally curious about everything so school fed us you know we were both public schoolers for most i mean i was for most of my early childhood mm -hmm. education or all of my early childhood education but I was curious about everything. Hmm. So I didn't find anything very tedious about school, but someone like my husband, it was all tedious. Those weren't the hmm. questions he wanted to know. Hmm. Those weren't the questions he had. He didn't care about any of that stuff. You know, hmm. if, if he was being honest, he wanted to be a dolphin trainer. So oh, if you weren't learning about dolphins, 
you know. That's so but, cool. You know, and, and I just, I started to understand that. And even in my teaching, I teach ballet. Mm-hmm. And even then, in my one-hour ballet class with any of the age groups that I teach, when the kids want to get off topic and want to talk about things that they naturally are curious about, like, why is this word called this? You know, I can only go so far because even I still have a curriculum that I'm trying to teach. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, things that I'm doing and, and goals I have And there's a group of kids that right. now are waiting for you. If, right. if you d- dove in with that one student. Right. Now the rest of them are just kind of twiddling their thumbs because it's not their interest and that's not what they're there for. Yeah, so the classroom can definitely be a challenge to hold the curiosities of multiple children because they certainly don't have the same curiosities. Yeah, that's why I loved it when I was doing my credential hours. I remember sitting in actually a special ed class uh, uh, for a few months and they had the stations and that's probably where I got the station idea from yeah and they would rotate so there was something for everyone Mm -hmm. and and it was small groups it was like four or five kids per teacher sitting at a table working at a station and they had independent time with that and I just I thought that was just a great model for everyone but then I went to the mainstreamed kids right and it was everyone facing one direction and the conformity and no not a lot of interaction which I think it just depends on the school and sure. and, the, and teacher the teacher and yeah. and what's allowed in these days, you know. But yeah, but uh, but I have heard a lot about the response to how when a kid doesn't fit in a certain mold, parents are having to pull them out. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Dr. Peter Gray, and this is an old book that I read. I'm not going to dive into it, but this is one of my favorites. It's Unschooled, and he writes the foreword for this book. So. Yeah, he's very influential in the homeschool world. Um, my last book is Moms Raising Sons to Be Men by Rhonda Stoppy. That's a good one. And she's a, a pastor's wife and speaker. Um, I think I heard for about 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And I first heard her at the um, Great Homeschool Convention. Okay. I'm always plugging that yes, convention. Yes, you are. Because it's incredible. And um, it's throughout the country. So I know a lot of people have access to that. Sure. Um, but she spoke there, and I think I bought at least like two or three of her books when I when I heard her speak. And uh, what what she's talking about in here, I'm I think halfway through the book, and what she's talking about is God has chosen you uniquely to be your son's mother, and you can have the greatest impact on him. That's really cool. I mean, of course, the father as well. Sure. So um, she talks about that, and um, she talks a lot about letting God influence you to outpour onto your son That's and let right. him learn about God through your actions. And um, it's no, no uh, easy task. Yeah, I had a quote here that I flipped around and lost it. Oh, no. Um, so anyways, I guess I can't find it now. I mean, I could quote a number of my it's underlines. All it's all underlined. <laughs> so it's hard to find because I have so many underlines. But basically, that's it in a nutshell. And... The very beginning was kind of hard for me to get into, but now she's really at the meat of it, of it cool. and I was, I'm able to more gain a lot um, from that. Yeah, so. it's not as dense as your other book. No, it's not as dense. So I, I read it on the airplane on the way home from yes. uh, Colorado. So. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, this is my last one, and I haven't actually started it yet, so I won't be very long-winded, but this one's by another pioneer of uh, unschooling thoughts and methods and... Um, rethinking education and this is dumbing us down by john taylor gatto 
Oh, they used his middle name. Yes. John Taylor Gatto. Um, the Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. So I know that's a pretty hot topic right now. So I'm definitely curious to um, dive in and check it out. And um, this book is actually 25 years old. So it's not, oh. a, it's not a new book. Right. Which is yeah. what I keep finding fascinating in a lot of these books about unschooling is they're not new. Hmm. They're not new concepts. Right. Um, you know what? Actually, when we were talking about this podcast and planning this episode earlier today, I kept trying to think of this book that I read when I was in college hmm. for fun, I think. Hmm. And it's called The Disappearance of Childhood. Oh, well, that hurts my heart. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, but I read this as like a 19 or 20 year old. And um, so I looked it up today just in case it would segue and come up and um, here it is. And um, it was written in 1982. So some of the examples and the... the um, no more leotards and, yeah, and yeah, big warmer yeah, references. Exactly. So some of the information in there was dated and some mm -hmm. of the media that he discusses is dated. But it was actually quite an interesting book, as I recalled, um, just because it talks about how we don't really give children much of a childhood anymore. I'm amazed that was written in the 80s because I feel like in the 80s we still were gone for hours at a time and our parents didn't know where we were. Sure. So Yeah, see, I was born in the 80s, but I was definitely not really... Um, I, I was more of a 90s child. You know, I started kindergarten in 1990. So I was definitely more a mm -hmm. 90s child. Mm -hmm. um, so, But you're definitely not a millennial. I mean, you might be by age. Technically, I am. But, but I'm kind of caught. I'm then that, um, what do we call ourselves? We're kind of the, the zennials, I think. Oh, or is that, or am is I that Generation Z? No, you're Generation X. Oh, I'm Generation X. Oh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I get to be with the 80s, the 80s people. Yeah. I'm all mixed up. My on favorite them. decade. They change it all and I get mixed up. But um, <laughs> I don't fully identify as a millennial. But I do. <laughs> I do share some of it. But, you know, I was driving a car and uh, practically moving away to college when before like there were 16. cell phones. Yeah. yeah. So I did, and the internet wasn't really around for very long before mm -hmm. I was 18. So I didn't grow up with that kind of technology but I was definitely very comfortable with it mm -hmm. and I adopted it quickly but anywho um, so even from an early college age I knew that I like wanted to preserve childhood and that was just something that I felt so interested in and so cool. you know it seems like no wonder um, I focused my dance teaching on early childhood education oh, yeah, it's, yeah and it's so cute I I know for the three-year-old class they're balancing bears on their head and yes. you give them singing songs Fairy wings to wear, yep. and every week we do our imagination dances. Oh yeah, and it's always shocking when they what are five or six when they start entering like to the more serious. Yeah, not yours is serious. You're still right. teaching them the right, right terms we phase and all that. Out some of the play but, time stuff. Right, because now it's like. You know, I don't know what to call it, but what do you yeah, call it's it? It's just more focused work. Focused um, work, yeah. So it's less play-oriented and definitely more structured, but then, then they get creative moments. Yeah, and yeah. well, then you see the people who are actually interested in dance. Right. Versus just the people who, the kids who want to be time. creative yeah. and play. And that's great. They still got that. Yes. So, like, my daughter stopped being interested when the teddy bears and the fairy wings went away. I know. Oh, my goodness. Right. It was more heartbreaking for me than for you because there, yes. there's all my my mom friends. I know. That I got I know, at least an hour with every week. Right, because I can't talk to them when I'm teaching. So, yeah. But still. Yeah. I miss them. I know. So, um, okay. Should we – did you have any more to say about this book? No. I'm good. Okay. So, we're going to introduce now <gasps> – why don't you introduce us oh. to what we're doing next? So we're going to do a little Coop Club 
reading. So we're going to start this in August, mm -hmm. and we're going to do this over the course of four months. So no need to read an entire book in August, um, but we wanted to do it with you. So we're going to introduce um, the chapters and go through that. Um, we'll post that on our website and on our Facebook group pages and invite you to come join um, reading this new book with us. And um, we're going to do this the last episode of each month. So the very last episode in August, we'll be talking about the first few chapters and then the last one in September and so forth. And then we'll be done for December and then we'll have a new one in the new year. Uh, do you want to introduce the book? Sure. It's called, home, I'm holding it up for the camera, Homegrown. Adventures in Parenting Off the Beaten Path, Unschooling and Reconnecting with the Natural World by Ben Hewitt, author of Saved and the Town That Food Saved. And um, we can't really say much about the book because we haven't read it yet. Yep. But we'll read it with you. Yeah, and it's very thin. It fits within my guidelines of an inch or less yes. thick. And it's um, the cover makes me want to jump into the book and mm -hmm. go splash in those pu puddles. It makes with me the kids. think of like New England, doesn't it? Oh yeah, with and and you know, it's surprising none of them have polka dot um, rain boots on. I'm just saying. If I had a kid, I'd put them in polka dot. Uh, because, I, I because we are Californians. If I had a kid, oh geez, where are where are you, Mandy? If um, I had a kid who who was living in a rainy area, yeah. No, but see, that's the thing. I think we get to buy the novelty rain boots because we don't need them. I know. So I'm guessing if you live in a rainier climate, maybe you need real rain boots. Yeah, and the the chapters are the reckoning, coming to the land, the view, drive, the early years. Big Sticks, The Downside of Convenience, Work of the World, Risk and Responsibility, The List and How It Ends. And so we'll just, as Jessica said, we'll just do a bit um, per month. So it shouldn't be too overwhelming. Yeah. And we all have a lot to learn. So let's learn together and discuss this yep. together. So get your book now. Whether you want to do audio or read the physical book or borrow it from the library, whatever you need, just start thinking about planning that out. That sounds great. I'm super excited for it, and I can't wait to see who joins us and um, yeah. the discussions that you and I get to have. Yay! We'll have to make sure we don't discuss it I know. outside we of the, the podcast, so we good luck. We can be surprised by each other's reactions. <laughs> exactly. You were interested in page five. I was interested in page ten. I look what I underlined. <laughs> yeah. All right, so should we do our, our joy? Yeah, what brought you joy this week, Mandy? So when we were in Colorado, we went on a hike at, it's called uh, Castlewood Park, Ooh. and it's a Colorado State Park, and um, just a very small park, just, I don't know, 15 minutes from my family's that we were staying with house, and um, just a, a sweet little hike about a mile to the creek with big rocks, and, and but what brought me joy is you could take off your shoes and your socks and walk and it's like not a canyon but it's like sure. such big boulders that sure. i couldn't even see my kids in front of me that's crazy and even though there is a little feeling of risk on that um, but you know my kids are tall enough and the older two know how to swim so if for some reason it dropped out from under them which it never did it was only up to their knees right. and they had their older cousins with them but what i loved is they led the way that's so cool and so they were definitely into exploring and i since I shattered my wrist back in December, I now have PTSD about falling. Yeah. So I am seriously old lady now whenever I do anything active. I'm just like, 
oh, I can't go to the hospital in right. this time. Right. Like, like no. Don't send me. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I was super more cautious than I've ever been. And here they were less cautious than me, which I love usually. Yeah. I'm the one leading in, in saying, come on. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Like, don't, don't worry. I won't, you know, and they were leading the way. So That's that just so brought cool. me joy. Yeah. And that just always having your kids in, whenever you have your kids in nature, it, it brings so much joy. It does. It's yeah. just such a natural mood yeah. lifter that you, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that they're barefoot in nature, like yeah. that rarely gets to happen. Yeah. yeah. So especially where we live, we're in chaparral terrain. So if they're barefoot, they're going to get bitten by red ants or step on a tarantula or a rattlesnake across our driveway. So and then there's also the actual terrain, which is all stickers and sharp things. Oh, exactly. Cactus and then and then allergy producing. (laughs) So um, so yeah, easy to be earthing. Yeah, except for the beach. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But yeah, so I definitely love that right. their feet were feeling all the different textures That's of really rocks cool. underneath their feet and stuff like that. So what about awesome. you? Well, my um, eight-year-old is really starting to get more independent. And I think we all feel this in waves. It kind of hits you when when a new task is adopted or something. And so it kind of really hit me this week that she's just getting so old and Aww. so capable and so independent. Mm-hmm. And I should be feeling really proud that we I were know. able to get her to that place and that she feels confident and capable. Yeah. But instead I feel like my baby is just continuing Aww. to grow up. I know. You know and it's just it, so hard for me. Yeah. That makes me, my heart sink. <laughs> Doesn't it? But it's well, I thought this was yeah. supposed to be joy. I know. What it, it is, is joy. About? So she, she made her own lunch the other day Aww. because she knows that I don't usually make a lunch meal. I will help assem- assemble like an easy plate, cashews and lunch meat and cheese or whatever, mm-hmm. fruits and veggies. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. help that get assembled, but I'm not going to cook a lunch, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, she really wanted to make her mac and cheese. Oh, wow. And she boiled water and everything? Yeah, and we have been teaching her. We've been encouraging her to be in the kitchen with us. Um, and so my husband's really been working on the mac and cheese with her because that's often a dinner they do, you know, when I'm here, oh. when I'm doing something. So um, they do that together. And so she did most of it by oh, herself. Good for her. Yeah. And so that was really neat. And then the other, the funny thing, it's silly, but for me, it marks a huge amount of independence is seeing her with a Band-Aid on her leg. Oh, I know that, that you sounds funny. on her. Right. Aww. Because... This child used to be extremely anti-Band-Aid. She hated getting hurt. Her boo-boos were always the worst. You couldn't touch them. You couldn't clean them. You couldn't do anything to it. You couldn't even cover it with a Band-Aid because then the Band-Aid would hurt it. Who lets you clean their boo-boos? Nobody does. But, you know, my my son is definitely wired completely differently. The boo-boos don't really bother him. He's like, whatever. Yeah. He just rips his Band-Aid right off when he gets one. He's like, I don't care. I love that. So he's like ripping all the hair out. Doesn't care. Yeah. The Band-Aid is more curious to him. He's like trying to figure out how it works. It's like a sticker. (laughs) Right. But my daughter... So she scratched her leg on something, and then she just took care of it herself. And so part of me wanted to be like, oh, that's my job. I'm supposed to help you. You're so you cute. Know, and, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, like, also partially, like, oh, I should have, like, maybe I should have cleaned it out first. Are you sure oh, you should just cover it with a Band-Aid? <laughs> but anyway, you know, I applauded her being independent, and I said, I'm so proud of you for seeing that happen and to be able to take care of it. You know, but you know, you can't tell me. <laughs> you can always share that with me. And then that, so the first time that happened last week, and then it happened again yesterday. And she ends up with a band-aid on her leg. Wow. And we're like, did you, what happened? She's like, oh, I don't know. 
Oh. It was like she Why, just she so pull it back and there's no boo-boo there. Right. Now it's like her, her fashion. It. She's trolling me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so, uh, just real quick, uh, just touching on what you just said about being like, oh. Yeah. So uh, last night I was talking with the spouse and I was saying, I can't believe our youngest is five. Their like littlest time is over. It's and I feel like I missed it. Right. And he was like... What? How could you miss that? You were there for all of it. <laughs> Every second. And I was like, I know, but in the gruelingness, like I had the third kid for nine months would never let me set her down. So I was doing everything one-handed and we were making gardens one-handed and yeah. and then, you know, being having no sleep and, and you're not always there present. And now right. that I'm finally getting to the place where I'm present and I just want to cuddle and I'm like, no, their legs are too long. I know, they're not little. I know, like, and, and he's like, but that's how it is for everyone. He's like, you were there for every oh, single second. And the dads can accept it so much quicker. Yeah. But it did make me feel better to hear, I was there. You were. I was there. Yes. And um, I'm sure if I went back to pictures and videos, I would, I would see that I was treasuring the moment, yes. but it, but it's just like almost a panic. It gets you. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. All right. Well, well that's uh, what are you reading this week and yep. what do you have planned and announcing our book club. So we hope you guys join. It'd be really fun to, to read this together. And those who have already read it, um, you may enjoy the discussion anyway. So yep. all right. That's it. Thanks. Thanks.